Today's daf is daf Chaf Aleph. We are holding actually halfway down on Chaf Ahmed Aleph at the two dots. Now, just to understand the uh, uh, Gemara's question over here, we need to see the Mishnah. If you remember in the Mishnah, it said like this The Mishnah was talking about when do you pay the full damages for shame? Ketzad, Hashem, Mu'edes. So it says, Lechel Sarolev. It eats things that are appropriate for it to eat, right? Which we said in the, from in the, in the first paragraph, that means a chaya eats the things that it's appropriate to eat. The behema, the next part of the clause was behemas, muedes, lechot, peros, virakos, and an herbivore, it's, it's, it's eating uh, fruits and vegetables, all right? So therefore, in that, that, that's the narrative saying is that's when you're chayev <coughs> for the nezek, and it's a full payment for the nezek of shame. Then it says, achlak sus kalim, if the animal ate, Things are completely beyond the scope of what we consider to be uh, food for the animal, like uh, clothing or or, 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 or or vessels. Then Mishalem Chatzinezek. Then you pay Chatzinezek. Why? Because then it, it's no longer under the category of of, of shame, but it falls under Karen, and then you have to pay Chatzinezek. Fine, got that. Now, then there's a stipulation. So we have we have basically two rulings. Eats the norm. Uh, shame. Eats things that are completely beyond the scope of what's normal eating, that is uh, Karen. Then is it Now, we're only talking about if this happens in the Rishus of the Nizak. But if it happens in the Rishus Arabim, you will be Potter, right? That's the, that was the now. Uh, and, 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 uh, and even though you're Potter, uh, doesn't necessarily get you off completely because if the meal sufficed to take away from now your obligation to feed the animals before dinner time, you would have to play, at least play Masha Nenes, which we'll discuss. Right? That's the point. But there's a clause there that says that this obligation to pay is only in the Rishus Sanizak, but not in the Rishus Arabim. Now, we have been trained already for the last 18 blood. That means, because we know Shane, Shane and Regal only are in the Rishus of the Nizag, but not in the Rishus of the Rishus of the Rishus of Rabin. Now, the problem though is that if you, read, if, you, if you read the Mishnah just going in the order, the first part of the Mishnah was talking about when the animal ate things that are normal for it to eat, which was Shane. Then it switched to a case of Karen. What was the case of Karen? If it eats things that are not normal for to eat, and then it throws in, when are we talking about? Only the Rishos of the Nizak, not in Rishos Harabim, right? Now the question is, that uh, uh, clarifying clause of the Bamedvar Mamurim, is it going back specifically on the, it's skipping back to the first part of the Mishnah? Or is there a way to read it that actually is reflecting not only on the case of the Shane, but it also is reflecting the case of the Karen as well, because it's coming right after that case, right? It's coming right after the case when it ate Xus and Kalim, when it ate, uh, so that's the question how to read it. We're gonna say, how does it make sense that way? That's what we're going to be discussing right now, but let's see it inside. So now, so a uh, high. That Bamedvar uh, Mamurim, that exemption between Rushus and Rushamazik, which case is it going on? So Amarav Akulu. So Rav said it's going on the entire first half of the Mishnah. It means it's not only going on the case of shame, but it's also going on the case of 
Karen. Now that has to be understood because we know when it comes to Karen, generally, there's no distinction between the obligation of Karen, Bereshusa Rabbim, or Bereshusa Amizah. There's a retard from the Shita, but we leave it right. But the Chachamim Shita, there's no Yerchayv and Rishus Arabim, Yerchayv and Rishus Arabim. So therefore, if the animal ate Ksus and Kalim, which we said falls under the penumbra of Karen, then how could, the, according to Rav, there being a distinction saying, is no, no. Ksus and Kalim, if it's in Rishus Arabim, you'll be Potter, and it'll only be Chayv and Rishus Arabim. How does that make any sense, right? That's what we have to understand. So my timer, what could be the reason for Rav? So now the Gemara throws in a new Svara. We haven't seen this Svara like this. So anything more like this. Rav's position is, and he's explaining, that's what the Tan of our mission holds. For somebody in the middle of Rishus Arabim to put down garments and Kalim, that's considered to be Mashana. Mashana, you're deviating from the norm. Now, if you haven't done an act that deviates from the norm, it's, yeah, but, and it's true though, for my, the Mazik's animals come and eat those, that's also considered to be a deviation from the norm. And normally, therefore, that should be a chiv of Karen. But you can only be mechaiv me Karen if the Nizak did not deviate from the norm. But if the Nizak has deviated from the norm, then the Mazik is exempt. Now if that, you all that's far. Now we understand there is a difference between, even in the case of Karen, there's a difference between Rishus Arabim and Rishus Nizak. In Rishus Nizak, you can't tell me I'm deviating from the norm by putting down my Kalim and my Xus. In the middle of Rishus Arabim, you might be able to get away with that. But now it comes out that that clarifying clause that this is only in the Rishus Nizak, not in the Rishus Arabim, doesn't just have to be going on the case of Shane, but according to the way Rav's learning the Mishnah, it's also going on the case of Karen. Clear. So what happens to the case we've had where the guy, you're, you're, you're going down the street and your uh, animal reaches into the uh, trailer of the guy in front of you, eats the food out of it. Okay, again, you have to look at what the, what, what is, is it doing? Is it, is it, is it that the person, the Nizak, is, a Nizak's allowed to transfer things through Rosh Hashanah He's not allowed to put down in the middle of Rosh Hashanah Rabbim, and Kalim, that's two different things. All right, so what is it like this? So I'm a Rav Akulu, so my time, but what could be the reasoning of Rav? So he says, because Rav holds on the position, call him a Shana, that anybody that deviates means the Nizak. If the Nizak's done something, it's considered to be a deviation of the norm. And even if the Mazik now comes and he is also doing a deviation, in our case, what's the deviation? His animal's eating. So it's in Kalim, Potter. You cannot hold the person liable. So therefore, that is the way Rav understood the mission. Shmuel disagrees. Shmuel Amar, Loishan Elapeiros Vayorokos, is that when it says that there's a difference between Roshusa Rabim and Roshusa Nizak, it's only going on the first clause, which was the case of the Shane. It has nothing to do with the case of the Karen. The Karen, there's no distinction. In the case of Kuzva I don't care. The fact that the, uh, the, that the Nizak put down his Tusan Kalim has no bearing on the case. At the end of the day, yeah, the, the fact is that your animal ate his ksus and kalim, which is considered to be a deviation which falls under the penumbra of Karen. You will be high of Chatzinezek for that. Whether or not he should have put it down or shouldn't put it down has no bearing on the liability of the mazik. 
Okay, so therefore this is a huge machlokas between Rav and Shmuel, how to understand the simple translation of our Mishnah that makes a clarification between Rishus HaNizak and Rishus HaRabim. Is it going on the case of Shane alone, which is what Shmuel learns, or is it even going on the case of Keren, and you have to hold in of the rule, that the person will be potter under such circumstance. Now, so as they were like this, this machlokas in Bavel, which was a machlokas between Rav and Shmuel, we seem to have a similar machlokas in Eretz Yisrael between Reish Lakish and Rabbi Yochanan. Right? The two big guns in Bavel was Rav and Shmuel, in Eretz Yisrael was Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish. Seemed to, now, where do we see this? V'chein Amar Reish Lakish. Rabbi Lakish also said, Akuluhu. He also, when he learned our Mishnah, when he taught the Mishnah in the Yeshiva, he learned that that qualification, that clarifying statement of Bamed Varim Amurim is not just going on the first case of Shane, but it's also going on the case of Karen. And the Chora then, he's learning the Mishnah the same way that Rav learned the Mishnah. And the Gemara says that Reish Lakish Lashitasa, following his 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 his. His uh, position, his, his train of thought, he went and, 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 and gave the following ruling. What was the case? You have over here two cows, all right? Cow A and cow B. So he said like this, he had the following ruling. Let's say cow A is walking and it decides to go ahead and plop itself down on the Unashusa Rabin. Comes along cow B and gives it a good kick. Now normally kick with intent to harm would fall under what? Karen. And therefore the owner of cow B would have to pay at least Chatzinezek, right? Says Reish Lokish, no. The owner of cow B is Potter. Why? Because cow A deviated from the norm. What was the deviation? It sat down. It sat down in the middle of Rosh Hashanah. The fact that it sat down in Rosh Hashanah, so therefore once the Nizik is deviating, so even if there's another deviation created by the Mazik, the Mazik is part, which literally is the understanding that Rav just gave to the understanding of the Mishnah. However, the opposite would not be true. Let's say the animal on the ground decided to kick up and kicked up and damaged animal B. So animal A, animal A, animal A is just walking. Animal B was just walking. Animal B was just walking. Animal A was plopped on the ground and animal B kicked up. In such a case, animal A, the owner of animal A will have to pay Chatzinezek because that's Karen, because, this, because the, the, the damaged party, which in this case was animal B, did not deviate from the norm. It was just walking through his realm. But what do you see? The fact that you make a distinction between whether the animal on the ground is kicking or the animal on the, on the it was walking is kicking, and you say that it's not always gonna be Chayev because in the first scenario, since animal A did something that deviated, you cannot, so that Lechora is Reish Lakish's train of thought, and that's why he learned in our Mishnah as well that there, the dim distinction between Rishus Rabim and Rishus Yachid applies also in some circumstances to the case of Karen, not just to the case of Shane. With me? Yeah. So Moses is like this. The Amoresh Lakish, they paros, you have two cows, Rishus Rabim that are in Rishus Rabim. Achaz Revutza, one is uh, crouched down, squatted down. For Achaz Maaleches, and one was walking. Now, Ba'ata Maaleches Berevutza. If animal B that is walking decided to give animal A that is squatting a kick, Petura, 
even though animal B caused significant damage to animal A, and normally kicking falls under the laws of Karen, you will not be able to hold the mazik responsible over here. Why? Because it was an unusual thing. Uh, of course, uh, or, or, yes. Kalamashana or So therefore, you're put. Now, however, Ravutza b'ma'aleches, if the crouched animal kicked up at the one that is walking, chayeves, then you will be you'll able to be hold uh, for the din of Karen. You'll be able to hold animal A's owner responsible. Now, Rabbi Yochanan, when he learned the Mishnah. He learned, he said, Lo shanu ela peris v'yirakos. That when the Mishnah is making a distinction between Rishusa Nizak and Rishusa Rabim, it's only going on the case of fruits and vegetables, which means it's limited to the case of shame. But he's not making this distinction, Lechor, in the case of Karen. It's not making the case, it's not in the case of Kalim and, and uh, the case of Ksus and Kalim. So only in the case of. So Lechor, it would seem to be, he's learning like we had Shmuel way learned the Mishnah. Right, which the Gemara assumes right now means he's not the Chorat means he's not buying into the concept that if the that if the Nizak deviated, you cannot hold the Mazak responsible. That's what it seems to be. You, uh, I'm sorry. Was, even if the Nizak deviated, you would still hold the Mazak responsible. And there's no exemption of Rishus Rabin in the case of Susan Kalim, which the Gemara asks about Susan Kalim. You'd be Chayevus. You'd be Chayev in that case. Now the Gemara wants to know because Rish Lakish linked two situations. He linked the case of Susan Kalim in our Mishnah to the case of the two cows. Right. How do you link them together? He said staring down on the cow is unusual, similar to leaving your garments. Correct. And he said, and therefore, just as he learned in the Mishnah, the person who puts the garments of Caleb down to Sarabim cannot demand damages paid because he deviated, just as the owner whose animal squatted down and then got a kick cannot die. He linked the two. Now, what the Gemara wants to say, which would seem to be the logic, the fact that Rabbi Yochanan disagrees with Rish Lokish's understanding of the Mishnah, right? Which means that he held that even in the case of Ksus and Kalim, the fact that the, uh, the owner of the Ksus and Kalim put him down, right, doesn't, doesn't exempt uh, the, uh, the owner of the animal that ate them. He holds, and still in that case, you'll be chayev, because Karen, you're chayev, and you're sarabim. So the fact that he disagreed with Rachel Lokish's understanding of the Mishnah, he, Lechor, would also disagree in the situation of the two cows. He does not seem to buy into where you deviate, you cannot demand damages. That would seem to be the logical conclusion. So says, It would seem that therefore Rabbi Yochanan disagrees with the Shlokish, not just in the case of our Mishnah, because, but since he argues with him in the case of the Mishnah, he would also argue with him in the case of the two cows. And on that, the Gemara says, no, it's possible. Rabbi Yochanan does agree with the concept that if there has been a deviation, the Nizza cannot claim damages. The only thing is, Rabbi Yochanan disagreed. He said putting down Kalim and, and, and Xis and Kalim in Rishus Rabim, it's possible a guy wants to take a temporary break, he wants to take a breather, puts it down. He says that he doesn't view as a great deviation. Maybe that's why he disagrees with Rish Lakish the Mishnah, because he doesn't give it the status of a real deviation that would exempt the Mazik from having to pay. But he would agree with 
Reish Lokish, in the case of the cows, that the cow decides to sit down and the rabbi, and, and, and another one kicks it, maybe there he would agree that that is considered a, a, a greater uh, deviation, a greater uh, abnormal act, and there he might agree that the mazik would not have to pay. So it's not necessarily correlates you, it, it may, that, he, that because he argues in one case, he argues in the other as well. Means that really he does agree. He agrees with Reish Lokish in the case of the cows. So what's the difference? Because is that it's he holds, holds that by the case of the vessels or the garments, it's possible for a person that sometimes he temporarily puts them down. Why? Wants to take a breather, wants to take a break. So that's not a viewed as a huge deviation in Rosh Hashanah enough to exempt the mazik. Aval behema, but for an animal to plop itself down in the middle of the Rosh Hashanah that he considers to be a huge deviation, and say, and therefore there he will agree with Rosh Lakish that what? That uh, it would be, he would. It's caring, wouldn't it? Yeah, that it is. That the mazik would not be liable because the nizak had a great deviation, okay, and you would not say the case of Karen over there. Avo behema lav That's not the derech bechlal. Okay, let's go weiter. Now, we didn't get into the specifics, and now we're going to get into them as well. We said that even when there is an exemption of shame. Because Rosh Hashanah, the Torah tells us, you're not chai for shame, Rosh Hashanah. But he said, even if there's an exemption, that only exempts the mazik from having to pay the full damages. However, if the nizak can argue, well, I still benefited you. Now you don't have to feed your animal. So in such a case, what's going to be the halacha? At least, the mazik would at least have to pay the nizak Mashanenis. What now? The question is, what is that calculation? What is the value that is paid? Sigmar says like this: the comma. How much needs to be paid? Mean like this. Let's 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 talk about this for a moment. Let's say this guy was uh, the nizak was transporting his uh, his world famous turnips that just won the fair. Okay, that it's worth five thousand dollars worth of fame, and your animal, the mazik, came and consumed them. Right, five thousand dollar damage. All right. So now, how much do you have to pay? Well, you saved me dinner. Well, what what does that mean? Now, let's say the guy that serves dinner also, uh, uh, meaning it's not clear what you was, what can you say is a standard. Let's come up with a standard over here. It can't be selective. Uh, that each person, well, let's see what you would be feeding the animal tonight, right? So the question is, so we want to come out with a standard, we think it's a fair standard, and this would be the standard that everybody, who if you can prove that now I don't have to feed the animal dinner, the mazik would have to pay at least for the value of the dinner. That's what we're trying to figure out. So what it says like this, Rabba Amir Tmei Amir. Tmei Amir is the, 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 the cheapest food that you pay, that you feed your animal is straw. So therefore, a dinner feeding straw Right? That means the nizak, the, 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 the mazak can say is, I would have given my animal straw tonight. So therefore, I, I, you can only charge me a hundred bucks because that's what it would have cost me to, to, to feed my animal tonight. Rava Amar, Rava says you go up a little bit, it means above straw, the next level in terms of fine dining when it comes to animals is barley, soorim. Now, to pay the full benefit of barley, a guy can say, I, don't, I wouldn't spend that money on barley, I would give my animal straw. But let's say barley's on sale, 
All right? And there's a discount that barley could be. That the one is assuming that most people, even if though barley at a discount would still be worth more than straw, but most people, if they could buy barley at a certain discount, they would go ahead and buy it. And therefore, the 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 the, 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 the mazik is required to pay the value at least of barley at a discount. And we're gonna see it's it's seventy five percent. Means if the sale barley the below the market price is twenty five percent below market price, most people would pick it up for their animals. Therefore, the nizak has a right to charge the mazik mashanenes what he benefited at barley at a seventy five percent. Well, right at, at seventy five percent of its value, right? Mm-hmm. Now, so what it says like this: so bezol, the that 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 the value of barley at a discount. Okay, so we have here a machlokus, right? Rabba and Rava. Rabba says that it is the value of of the cheapest value. You can only charge him strong. Rabba says you can charge him a little more. You can charge him discounted price for barley. We have one brisa that supports Rabba's contention. We have one brisa that supports Rabba's. Tanya kavasa de Rabba, mamish explicit. Reb Shimon ben Yochai Omer, Ein mishalemes elad me Amir Amir Bilvad. That when you make and have to pay because you proved that he benefited from not having to pay the next meal, the most you can make him pay is me Amir Bilvad. Me Amir Bilvad means. What straw, the, the, the price of that meal in straw, okay? Something like this. Tanya Kavose de Rova. On the other hand, we have a price that supports Rova. Im Nanes, Mishalemes, Mashanemes. Again, quoting our Mishnah. The bride says that if the animal benefited, you can prove that the animal benefited because now you did not have to pay. You did not have to pay for dinner, right? You pay what it benefited. Ketzad asks the bride, so, well, how do you make that calculation? So, if the animal ate a huge amount, an expensive kavar kabayim, it's a huge measure of, of, of food. We cannot go to the mazik and say, Pay the value of the kava kabayim. You don't have a right to go ahead and do it because that shane and shane you potter from in rishus harabim. So that you can't make listen to. Ella omdin kama adam rotsa We have to calculate how much would the person be willing to spend on his animal, right? law as something that would be fitting for the animal to eat. Now, the Gemara understands that the, the, the way this is being worded is not saying just straw, like the first Bryson said, pay straw. It says, no, how much he would, how high would he be willing to go to pay something that the animal would want to eat? So that seems to be more inclusive than just straw, and therefore we understand that's going to the next level, which means how much would you willing to spend on it? Well, we already said before, a person is willing to pay, spend 75% of what the value of, 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 of barley would be. That's how much a person would be willing to spend, something that the animal would enjoy, then you have, that's the right you have to go ahead and collect. So these two prices reflect the two opinions of Rav and Rabba. Now, Avobish ain't a now this is the important clue. Even though it might not be something that you normally feed your animal, right? See, that's the thing, I know it's not talking about straw, because straw is what is normally fed the animal. So what is it coming to include? 
How much you would be willing to spend on something that the animal would be good for the animal, even if you don't normally spend it, must be the next level. What's the next level? That's the discounted value of barley. Now, and the Brizer continues, what happens if the animal ate something that actually is harmful? Chitin, wheat, is actually, it's human food. You should not feed uh, uh, human food. You should not give wheat to, uh, to your cow. It, it causes all kinds of problems, digestive problems. If the cow ate wheat, or anything else that is harmful, now you cannot go back to the mazik and say, well, you have to at least pay me for what you benefited. Why? Because what the animal actually ate is the harmful, it's not benefit. Then you can't even collect for the dinner. You can't even pay for dinner. So therefore, Petzura, you would not have to pay anything at all. Let's go back to it. We start here a huge sugya that has a, a lot of commentaries to it, and it will it, it has practical halacha differences. Let's talk about this situation. What's going on? So I'm Rav Chista, the Rambam Chamas. Rav Chista said to Rabbi Rambam the following thing. He said, gaban that last night or, or the, in, in, in the evening you were not with us, in the Tchum. Rashi brings two Shatim. Either it was Shabbos and you weren't able to get here because it was, you, were, you were outside of the Tchum or that you were not, you did not come to the Tchum. The Tchum is learned into the boundary of the base Medrash. You, for some reason, did not enter into the Tchum, into the boundary of the base Medrash. And what, what happened when the base Medrash when you missed it? The Boyolon Mili Ma'alyusa. We raised a very good Shaila. We had, we had a wonderful discussion and we were left with a Shaila and you were not around to help add to the conversation that was it. So I'm so so I'm our my milimalia. So so uh Rab Rab asked uh he said what was the what was the wonderful discussion that you guys had? So Amale said we had the following Shiloh. Hadar Bechatzer Khavero if somebody goes without permission and squats he, le- he goes into his neighbor's yard, his, his courtyard, Shalomi Daito, without his knowledge, all right? And he, uh, uh, he, he goes and he, uh, he enters into maybe one of the houses in the courtyard that he's owned without permission. And the question is, does the, 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 the person, the squatter, have to pay the owner for the use that he had without permission? The Gemara says like this. So Tzarek Schar, should he have to pay rent? Or ain't Tzarek So when the Gemara right away interjects, we want clarification. What was the situation here? What was the scenario? So the says like this. Let's say we're talking about it wasn't a rental property. Because this was not a property that the owner would normally rent out. And you're also talking about a person who normally will not pay for a hotel room, but a homeless guy. We're not, so we're talking about on both sides that the, that the person, the, the property itself was not one that was used to generate revenue income. And the person who did it would never pay for usage of such a property. Mm-hmm. So the Mara says, that would be that would be that, the, that there's no real benefit to the one that squatted because he didn't benefit. He didn't save himself the fee of a hotel room. Why didn't he save himself the fee of a hotel room? Because he was going in 
because he normally doesn't pay for a hotel room. And the, 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 the you know, assuming there was no damage caused, obviously, and the, 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 uh, the Balabayas, the owner, really didn't take a loss. Right? Because it wasn't a property that you were there. Because you were there, therefore people didn't come and rent it from me. You can't argue that anyway. Because why? Because he normally doesn't rent the property. So, when I say, so that can't be the shiloh. It's pushed. It. It's pushed in that case. You would not be able to charge him rent. Right? So therefore, Ella must be the case. This is a different case. But Chatzar de Kaimala Agra, let's say this was a rental property. Okay? This was a rental property. Right? The Gavar de Avidamegar, and this was a fellow that normally would pay rent. He would pay for a hotel room normally. So we're saying, what's the Shiloh over there? Then it's Pashid also that what? You should have to pay. Because then, then uh, he benefits saving himself the night of a hotel room. And the owner lost a night's worth of revenue. Now, Tosvis explains, because Rashi doesn't say clearly, why is it a loss? If it was not being used, it's not being used. Taisvah says, because it's possible that somebody saw, somebody would have paid him for the rent, saw that there was somebody else there, and therefore did not come over and rent it because he saw it was being used. So it is considered to be a direct loss, possibly, for the, for the renter. All right? So therefore, so that can't be the Shiloh. So if it's something that's not, a person that would not normally pay rent, and it's a property that was not normally rented, Pashid, you would not have to pay. If it's a property that normally you do pay rent for, and it's the type of person that normally would pay rent, it's Pashid that what? That you would pay rent. So what's the Shiloh that they could not clarify, they, they were stuck with in the base Medrash? That's, that's what uh, Rami Barachama wants to know from Rochista. Could be a situation where you're normally a guy who rents the house, but this guy doesn't. Well, I'm saying, let's see. Let's go. Don't, don't jump to Gemara. What is it? Sriya, no, Gemara says not. Look, Sriya, it's necessary. Let's say it's a, it's a property that normally would not be on the market for renting. Okay? Which means the homeowner concerning himself is not taking a loss unless there's damage. It's not taking a loss because he normally would not rent it out anyway. However, but it is a person that normally pays rent. Okay? So now, what's my? What's the, what's the halachic status? So, Matsi my, my. So, Matsi Amarle, my chasarticha. Do we say that from the uh, beneficiary, the guy that, that, that squatted, can he turn to the owner? I didn't cause you any loss. Why didn't I cause you any loss? You, normally don't, you don't normally rent it out either. Oh, dear, but maybe, no, maybe the owner can say, is Matsi Amar, he could say to him, what could he tell him? He could say that, ha, is honest, but you benefited from my property. You saved yourself rent. You should have to pay me. So now, so this is, this is a very interesting halacha, is that, is the right to demand that you pay me based on that you took something that caused me loss? Or can I still demand, even if you didn't cause me a loss, but I, you benefited? That was the Shaila. It's Zen it's Zen Nana Let's get the lingo. Zen Nana, one individual benefited, but Zelo Chosser, but the other one didn't lose because of his benefit. Can you still ascribe payment under such circumstance? That was the Shiloh that was raised in the base marriage. Everybody with me? Yeah. So, so, again, so let's go through. So this was what Rab Chista said to Rami Bar Chama that you missed. You missed this. You weren't there to be part of that discussion. 
So Rami Bar Chama answered him. He says, "Amalei Madnisini." That's our Mishnah. Dafyomi Ketzad Aregel. That's the Mishnah in Ketzad Aregel. That should be the response. That should have been how to answer up the Shaila. So, uh, so Hi Madnisim. He's aware. Where, 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 which Mishnah? What are you referring to? That it's the Mishnah. So Amalei. So like this. Very interesting. You have to understand this. The psychological aspect here. He said like this. We know that generally, if somebody that you feel subservient to tells you something, you'll be a lot more accepting and willing to listen than if it's somebody that either view as a, a peer or, a, or as an underling, right? Somebody greater than you says it. Ramosha, some people say, Ramosha said, right? Three quarters of the things that people say Ramosha said, Ramosha didn't say. They only say Ramosha said it because if Ramosha said oh, they must be the right, you know. So therefore like this. So he said like this, I will tell you where the Mishnah is that I say, but I want you first to do an act of service for me. If you do an act of service for me, then I'll tell you. But the, the psychology behind it is because if you've shown some level of subservience to me, I think you'll be more accepting of what it is that I'm saying. So he said to him, He says, I will tell you. So he said, when you service me. So Shakal Sudre, so Rav Chista took from Rami Barachama, he took his handkerchief and Karachle folded it for him. He folded his handkerchief and gave it back to him. So therefore, now he's done an act of service, subservience towards Rav, Rav, uh, to Rami Barachama. So now, so Amar Lay, so, um, so, so Rav, Rav, Rami Barachama said to Rav Chisdo, he said, we learned in our Mishnah that even though you cannot charge somebody in Rosh Hashanah for shame, and you cannot pay damages, but you're still required to pay what you benefited, right? All right? Now we're going to see that Rav is going to jump all over this in a moment. But, but what it seems to be saying is that you see you have a right to charge somebody the benefit that they received from you. That should have been a proof that you can charge the person what he saved himself on staying at the Best Western for the night. That, that's, what it, that's what it seems. So I'm a rubber. So Rava says something, he says a, 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 very cynically. He says, Kamaluch, he says like this. Let me tell you outside. He's saying, you see that if Hashem has somebody's back, Hashem's on your side, Hashem has your back, he says, you never have any troubles whatsoever. What he's trying to say is over here is you see Hashem is with Rami Barachamu. Because Rami Barachama has said something that, in my opinion, should have been shut down right away. The fact that it was accepted by Rav Chizda shows that when Hashem's got your back, then you have no troubles. Nobody argues with you. Nobody, but basically what he's saying is that I don't, I don't consider the proof a proof whatsoever. We'll see in a moment why, why he disagreed with it. So I said, I'm a rover. Kama lo choli. You see how much a person will not become sick, below margish, and not have any stress. Agava uh, demara mitzayah. The person whose master is giving him support. So who's the person whose master is giving him support? I mean, a person that Hashem is backing him, he has no issues, right? Right? Because even though there is no comparison to our Mishnah between the Shiloh, Kibla Minei, Rav Chista still accepted what Rami Barachama threw at him. He accepted it without arguing with him. Right? Now, let's see why. Why is it not comparable? The Shiloh in Beis Medrash was a case of Zen Nenev Ezele Choser. 
that one person benefited, but the other person... Our Mishnah, is, the guy's losing. What is he losing? Fruits. His animals eat, the animal's eating. is completely... So for sure he's losing his chaser. So therefore, it's, you can't compare it to the case of our Mishnah. It's our Mishnah, Zen Nana Vezeh Chaser. It's not Zen Nana Vezeh Lo Chaser. Right? Tomorrow it says, Hi Zen Nana Vezeh Chaser. But that in the case of the Mishnah, it's a case of Zenana Vizekhaser. In the Shiloh on the base Madrash, that was Zenana Vizelochaser. So to compare the two, not comparable. That is the point that was made by Rob. Alright? Now, so the point is that that's such a blatant distinction. What was Rami Barhama thinking? Right? How could Rami Barhama have uh, suggested even that that is a corollary to the case that was made in the base medrash. Why do you suggest that? It seems to be it seems to be partial, right? So Morris says like this: Rami Barachama's position is that if somebody puts down payros, right, and uh, fruits and vegetables in Rishon it is with the knowledge that what is probably going to happen to them if you don't pick them up quickly. They're going to get destroyed. Therefore, it's considered almost like you're being mafkir, the payers. Therefore, if you're in your mind of being mafkir, the payers, willing to take a chance that if something's going to happen to them, since you're willing to take a chance that something might happen to them, therefore, in your mind, it's as if you, you've written them off already. So if you've written them off, therefore what? Therefore, it's not zechaser. Zechaser is only if you feel you're taking a loss. But over here, really, ostensibly, you're not really taking a loss. Because by the fact you put it down to the gin with, it's as if you've made it hefker. It's as if you made it hefker. It's as if you made it hefker. You're not really taking a loss anymore. So therefore, it is comparable to a case of zenene. Bezelo chaser. Right? Everyone know the distinction. Tomorrow says, Baram Barachamim, what did he hold? He held Stam Peiros, Bershus Arabim, that Stam scenario, where a person, the general person, puts down Peiros, Bershus Arabim, Avkuri Mavkir Lohu. It's like his Mavkir. Tosva says, it's not completely like your Mavkir. If it's completely like your Mavkir, then how can you ask the guy to pay what he benefited? But it's in a, there's a certain percentage of it you expect is going to end up getting destroyed. All right. Now, let's take a look over here. The case we're dealing with I don't know, uh, the, the, the picture, they updated the picture, and my Gemara at home it doesn't have the same picture. But you have a situation over here, you have Ruvain surrounds Shimon on three sides. You see in the Rashi, you see the picture? All right? So Ruvain surrounds Shimon on three sides. Now Ruvain wants to protect himself, himself from outside forces, and also he wants to stop there being any kind of interaction, animals from Shimon coming into his house. So he makes two fences. He makes a fence on the outside of his property, right? On three sides. And on the inside of his property, where the butts with Shimon, he also makes on three sides. Now, he might close off. Ruvain might have closed off his own property. But he doesn't close off the fourth side of Shimon. He has no need to close off the fourth side of Shimon. So Shimon is still exposed on the fourth side. Everybody see the picture, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if Reuven were to come to Shimon and say to him, pay me for the fence, right? I am protecting your property. Shimon would have a right to say, is, well, you didn't really protect my property because since my property is still exposed completely, on the fourth side, that's not considered to, therefore I don't have to give you anything for that. Now, however, what happens if Ruvain actually 
closed off Shimon on all four sides. Right? He closed off, he made a, a, a fence that closed Shimon off not only between him on three sides, but closed Shimon's fourth side as well. Now let's take a look. Shimon cannot say you didn't benefit me. Why didn't you benefit me? Why can't you say you didn't benefit me? Because he did. He closed Shimon off completely. Shimon's protected now on four sides. So what the Tanakama, give me my over there, but the Tanakama holds that if Ruvain did close off the fourth side, then he can tie it to Shimon to pay him, not only for the expenses of the fence on the fourth side, that has a right to get, percent, uh, get a percentage of the expense from Shimon on three sides. Now, it says more like this, that would answer our Shiloh, because Shimon should be able to say, listen, you had to close the fence anyway for yourself, right? On the first three sides, you, come, you, 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 you had to close for yourself anyway. Therefore, you cannot say that, uh, you cannot say that I, because of me, you did it, because you didn't do it because of me, you did it because of, for yourself, right? So it's, 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 uh, so, the, the, so it's true that I am the beneficiary of it, but it actually, you didn't spend any money because of me. So this would seem to be a classical situation of Zenene, Shimon is benefiting, but Reuben was lo chaser. Reuben wasn't chaser because of Shimon, because Reuben was doing it anyway for himself. And still, what do we see? We see the Tanakama holds is Reuben can still make Shimon pay for the benefit that he receives. So lechora that answers the Shiloh, the head of the base medrash. Zen Adam is lo You still have a right to go ahead and demand money out of him. That's only for the uh, the fourth one. He's putting money. Wait, to my, for the first three. For, for the, the first, first three. three, yes. Okay, but he says how much can be Okay, whatever. That's not for this discussion right now, but Vasra will get into it. But the bottom line is the fact that he can make him pay for what he benefited, that seems to answer up our Shiloh. That's important. So let's see it inside. Sigmarah says as follows. Let's read this inside. Um... Tanan, we learned in the Mishnah. This is a Mishnah in Masechus Baba Basra, Tavdalit. It says as follows: Amakiv Chaver Meshalosh Ruchosa. If Shimon surround, if Reuben surrounds Shimon on three sides, and he puts up a Vegadar Esarishon of Esashnevus Esashlishes, and he put up the first, the second, and third fence, and Mechayvin also, Reuben cannot make Shimon pay him for the three fences. Haravias, the implication of the Mishnah is that if Reuben would have put up. Fourth. A fourth, then Mechaven also, then you would not only be able to charge him for the fourth fence, but you could charge even charge him for the other three, right? E- oh. Even though Shimon would have an argument to say, well, you did it for yourself, you did, right? So therefore, you didn't lose money because of this. So Shmami, no. So from here, we should be able to bring a raya that Zenena Vazelo Choser, that if you have Zenena, you have one party that is benefiting, i.e. Shimon, and Ruven is not losing any money because of it, because Ruven was doing it anyway, so therefore, Chayv, it doesn't matter. That's not an argument, and then Shimon does have to pay for some of the expenses. Only if Shimon really is receiving a benefit. Only if Ruven, Ruven put the fourth wall over here. It didn't say Shimon put the wall. No, you skipped the line. You skipped ahead. It's Ruven made the fourth wall in this case. You're going to see another sheet that disagrees with that. But in case Ruven made the fourth wall, so Shimon can't say you never benefited me. I did benefit you. I got four walls. Ruven made the fourth wall. So he only Shimon's property then? 
It doesn't say who has on the fourth side, but the bottom line is Ruvain made a wall on four sides, separating, completely encasing the Shimon. property of Shimon. So okay. Shimon can't say, I never benefited over here. You did benefit. You're completely encased. All right? So Morris says like this. So Morris says, therefore, this, why isn't this approved? There's a Mishnah. Why isn't this approved to the Shiloh of Rav Chista that was discussed between Rav Chista and Rav Racham? But there's a Mishnah. And still, you, you have to pay. So Morris says, no, it's not exactly comparable because because Ruvain can say to Shimon, if you were not there, I would not have had to make the first three walls. Why do I need the first three walls? The only reason I need to have those inner first three walls is because you are there. So your presence is causing me the loss of the first three walls. So you cannot, so this is not a case of Zen Chaser. This is Zen Chaser. Right? Everybody hear that? So when it says like this, Shani awesome, it's different over there. To Amarle, at Garam Lee, you caused me. Who's speaking to who? Reuben is speaking to Shimon. You caused me, Hakefa Yaseira, to have to make the additional first three walls as well. Forget about the fourth wall. You also have caused me to have to make the first three walls because without you there, I would not have had to worry about any inner walls. And therefore, you, it's not, therefore that's why, if, as long as I can prove that it's been a benefit for you, you're closed on all four sides, you have to pay me now also for the first three walls why, as well. Why the Mishnah says only if you might make the fourth one? Even if he didn't no, make the fourth because one. if he didn't make the fourth one, then he's completely exposed. You, so people could exposed, still come in. Still Doesn't come matter. Bottom, as long as people can come in on the fourth side, I can say that's not a real benefit. Now, Toshima, come and listen. Now, the Gemara is bringing Raya now from the same Mishnah, Rabbiosi disagrees, okay? What is Rabbiosi's position over there? All right? Rabbiosi says like this, I'm Rabbiosi. Im Ahmad Nikov, the Godress Aravias. He says the only time you can make the uh, Shimon pay for the first three walls is if who is the one who made the fourth wall? Shimon made the fourth wall. Because by Shimon making the fourth wall, what is he saying? I want the first three. I want the first three. But if it wasn't Shimon who made it, it was Ruvain, then, uh, then, then Ruvain cannot make Shimon have to pay for it. All right. So therefore, it's different than Tanakama. Tanakama says Ruvain can put the wall for Shimon. Yes. Ruvain makes the fourth wall. He can charge him for the first three. So Mara says like this. So Amar Rabbi Nikov, only if it's the Nikov, if it's Shimon who made the fourth wall, the gutters are obvious, the Galanov is a cold, then you can only roll on him the expense of the first three walls. Right now, now we can bring a riot at least from Rabbi from, from Rab Yossi. It's Mashma only if Shimon was the one that made it. It's Mashma if Ruvain would have made the fourth wall. What does it say according to Rabbi Yossi? No, that he wouldn't be able, even though there is a benefit that's being given. It would have been the Makiv if Ruvain would have made that fourth wall, then Potter would not have been able to hold Shimon responsible to pay. I, Shimon is benefiting from him. Shimon is benefiting from him, so therefore why can't he charge him? So it must be because Zen Nanavazelo Chaser. You can't obligate. Mommy, no. Then Potter. Means of shit. Yobiosi doesn't agree with the Svara. Well, I had to do it because you were there. He doesn't hold with that Svara. He holds that that's not a Taina. No, right. That's not a Taina. Bottom line is, and the only way you can make him pay is if he shows he wants it. How does he show he wants it? By making it himself. But if he doesn't make it himself, even though there's no question. Objectively, there's a benefit for him. 
but you cannot make me pay for it objectively because my taina is, okay, you know what? You did it for yourself. You didn't do it for me. I don't have to pay for it. We have a raya. So when it says, no, you don't have a raya. Why? Because what is Ruvain's taina? Ruvain's taina is, I built these nice brick walls, right, on four sides, I, I'm on three sides I built it, or on four sides I built it, pay me 50%, or whatever the percentage calculation is, for the brick walls. The one saying is, Shimon Kantina, I didn't have to have brick walls, I could have put up barbed wire. For me, barbed wire would have done the same thing. You can't make me have to pay a percentage of your expenses if there's for a Zuz, I could have gone ahead. Now, that's only a Taina if Shimon didn't make the fourth wall out of brick. Now, the fact that Shimon goes and makes a nice sturdy wall on the fourth side out of brick, he can't say anymore, well, barbed wire would have been good enough. Why can't he say it? Because he showed he likes the brick. So therefore, so if Reuven made the fourth wall, he cannot charge him a percentage of the brick wall. If Shimon made it, you could. But the point over here is, the point is that, that, that the reason why Shimon doesn't have to pay is, according to Rabbi Yosef, not because it's Zenana Zelochosser is butter, is because he could tina, I didn't have to spend all that money, which Tosa speaks out, but you would still have to pay him the cost of a barbed wire fence. Then you still have to pay him, because in your argument, that's what you would have done. Real world stuff. Real world stuff. Fence yeah. neighbors next to the right. right. Yeah. This is what, that's why it says. Really a lot of practical uh, things. So what it says like this. So shani awesome the amalei that he disagili benitura bar I want a protection of a, of a zuz. All right. I would have put up a barbed wire. It would have been enough for me. Therefore, but at least you have to pay the zuz maybe. But you don't have to pay him a percentage. But you have no raya from here because this has nothing to do with zenana zelachaser. The question is they're just calculating what the hanor was. But it could be zenana zelachaser is chayim. You don't see from here that it's potter. Okay, let's keep going. We want to bring a raya. Also, practical shiloh. Okay, guys have two stories. One has the bottom story, one has the top story, okay? Right? This is also Meister Shahaya. This I remember a case like this in Florida. You have a situation, a guy owns this top floor, the, the Aliyah, the second floor, and one guy owns the bottom floor. A hurricane comes, knocks it down. The whole thing. The whole thing. Say, Ruvain's on the bottom, Shimon's on top. Shimon says to Ruvain, let's rebuild. I can't build my second floor Unless what? Unless you build the first floor. Ruvain is on the bottom floor. Shimon's got the top floor. Hurricane knocks it down completely. So now, Shimon goes to Ruvain. I want you to build your bottom floor because if you build your bottom floor now, then I can build my top floor. I can't build my top floor if you don't build your bottom floor. Ruvain says, you know what? I don't have the money for it. I'm not, I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. So what happens? So we're going to see the Psaq HaLocha is is that we allow Shimon to build the bottom floor and move in. Build the bottom floor and move in. Now, if Reuven comes and says, hey, what are you doing? You're in the bottom floor. That's my airspace. So he says, no problem. Pay me the expense of my, what I, I pay to build the bottom floor. I'll move out, you can move in, and I'll build the second floor. But until that happens, we say that Shimon is allowed to go in to the bottom floor and live in the bottom floor. Now listen to the subtlety of the question. Let me finish it. Let's say that the bottom floor costs a million dollars. All right? Let's say it costs a million dollars to build the bottom floor. Now, it says that Shimon is allowed to live in the bottom floor. So I stay in the bottom floor until what point? 
until he collects what? Million dollars. Lechora, there should be another calculation that has to be made over here. What about the fact that he is using the bottom floor? Should that not be subtracted from the million dollars? I mean, at the end of the day, let's say it costs um, uh, 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 $20,000, $10,000 a month to use that space, all right? So it should come back. If he's been there three years, so then I'll pay you the million dollars, but I should be able to subtract from the million dollars $360,000 from the million dollars. No, we don't say that. We don't say that. Now, the Chorah, why not? So it must be, because at the end of the day, what do you have over here? You have a situation, Zenen. Shimon is benefiting from Reuben. How's Shimon benefiting from Reuben? He's living in his airspace, right? Right. Reuven is low chaser. Reuven never lost from that because from Reuven's perspective, he would have left it fallow. He would have left it without being built up even, right? Mm-hmm. So you have a zen and a zelochaser. And what is the ruling? We require Reuven to pay the million dollars and we don't allow him to subtract. Why don't we allow him to subtract to deduct the benefit? Must be because zen and a zelochaser is potter. All right? That's what the Mora wants to bring a raya. You hear the, you hear the raya. So let's see it inside. So the Mora says like this. So the choram... So we have over here as follows. Toshima, come and listen. Amara, uh, no, no. Abais va'aliyah. Okay, this is also in Baba Basra. We're going to learn about Basra. A lot of the land laws, zoning laws, all of that stuff's discussed over there. All right? They were discussing this a thousand years ago when other people were swinging from trees. They were discussing this in the Gemara. So Gemara says like this. So therefore, Toshima, come and listen. Habayis va'aliyah. That you have over here, Habayis va'aliyah. You have a house and you have a second story. Shel it's owned by two different individuals. Shenaflu, they collapsed. Hurricane knocked them down. Amar bala aliyah lebala bai. So the second floor owner goes to the first floor owner. He says, Livnos, let's build. We have to rebuild. For who ain't a road said he doesn't want to. He's not able to. He doesn't want to. Fine. Haray bala aliyah bone bias. The bala aliyah can build just the first floor. He, only, he also only has enough money for one floor. So he says, I'll build, he goes and builds the first floor. The Yoshev bought and he can move in. Ad sheyitin lo until his expenses are paid. What expenses? Rental. The, not rental. No. The building. Cost the building, the cost of the cost expenses of the to build the first floor. No, when he comes, oh yeah, okay, at this yeah. point. All right. That, that Shimon can stay there until Reuben pays him the million dollars that would have cost him to build the first floor. Now, the Gemara's Medayik, Yetziosov, who the Mechaevle, that the only transfer of, of funds is the expenses, the million dollars. So Mechaevle, Balabayas. That, uh, that we can obligate the Balabayas to pay. Hascharo, however, the, a rental fee. For the fact that now for three years you've been living in my airspace, that's not deducted from the expenses. Lo, he cannot deduct it from it. Shmami, no, this would be a riot that Zenena, that if one party is benefiting, but it's not at the expense of the other one because the other one's not losing. The other one, Ruven can't say I lost because I could have rented it to someone else. He couldn't have rented it to someone else. Why? Because it, 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 he didn't put the money in it, but it was still a bit of fallow piece of property. So therefore, Zen and Ebezer is Potter. All right? Says the more like this. So the Chorah, you have a Raya. Says the more, it's not such a good Raya. Why is it not such a good Raya? Is because the reason why 
Maybe under normal circumstances, you like the case we had, the squatter comes and he moves into your uh, house. You have a house that's not being rented right now that you don't join any rent. Squatter comes in, maybe you could charge him. The fact that a hotel is, 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 is $100 a night, you could charge him that. Even though, he, he, uh, even though you would not normally rent it out, but he's benefiting $100, you could charge him. So it, over here, you could argue as follows, is because it's true that Shimon is benefiting $10,000 a month. But the truth of the matter is, Shimon has to be on the first floor only because of one reason. Because if you would have built that first floor, then he would have been able to be on the second floor. The first floor owner has an obligation to allow the second floor owner to use his airspace. The fact that the first floor owner is not allowing the second floor owner to use his airspace, he cannot go ahead now and charge him for using the first floor airspace because a first floor airspace is required to make sure that he has a place to stay. And therefore, that's why he cannot charge him over here. Right? Everyone hear the difference? It's not a normal situation like the shire that we had and a squatter moves into your, your home. Right? Here the, 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 here the, the person, I have an obligation to you. This says, it's shiny awesome. It's different over here. The Because the house is obligated to the aliyah. I means the house, the owner of the house has an obligation to make sure that the aliyah could live in his airspace. He's not fulfilling his obligation. Allows him, therefore, to go into the first floor without having to pay any rent. So we still learn, our Shiloh still is the same. Again, what was a Shiloh? We still haven't clarified. A squatter who would normally pay rent. He normally pays rent. He finds one of your houses not being used, and it's a house that you don't normally charge rent. You don't normally charge rent. And he goes in. So he benefits, but you haven't lost, assuming there was no damage. He benefits, but you haven't lost. That was the case. Can you charge him or not? Right? That's the case. Tosha, come, Toshima, come and listen. So come and listen. The one wants to see. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Avzeh, uh, I think we'll check take out the word. Avzeh, text the hey. Avzeh dar b'chatzachavero, shalom idaito, sarek lalos lo schar. So Yehuda says beferish, that if you go into your uh, friend's courtyard without his knowledge, right, without his knowledge, and you use it, you have to pay rent. So what do you see beferish? Rabbi Yehuda is saying beferish. What's the din? Right? So therefore, bottom line is that, uh, that now, now the, actually, this, this is quoting Rabbi Yehuda. It's going on the case. It is going on the case. Uh, How do we know it's not a... No, no, it's going on the case of the two stories. He's going on the case of the story. I mean, he disagrees with the Tanakama. He holds, actually, you are allowed to deduct from the million dollars. You can do it. I mean, it's $10,000 a month. You can make him pay usage fee of your airspace. Now, the, what do you see from Rabbi Yehuda? Rabbi Yehuda seems to say... That even though it's, there's no real loss to, the, uh, to the, the person who owns the first floor, he can still charge him for usage of that floor. So therefore, therefore you cannot demand a full million dollars deductions... Are ben- a certain benefits of there. The Chara, so what do you see? So you see, Says the more like this, the brilliant Sfara. Says the more like this. A house that's been used, right? Back in the day, okay, you, had, you had the uh, kitchens where, where they, that they'd become darkened, the walls had become darkened and stuff like that. Because of, so a house that was used already, all right? There's no real downside for someone coming used again, right? But on the other hand, a brand new house that was never used, Somebody goes ahead and uses it, right? 
there's automatic deterioration. There's automatically devaluation, depreciation that occurs because of the, like driving the car off the, of the parking lot the first time. It's gone down 30%. So it was brand new as opposed to somebody who's lived there before. So what the Morris says like this, normal scenario, a guy goes into your house, that's a used house, and he spends the night, all right? He gains, he saves himself a hotel. You didn't lose because his usage did not create any depreciation. So there could be maybe you cannot charge him. Why over here does Yehuda hold that he doesn't have to pay you the full million dollars he can take off the, because there's a depreciation. It went from being a brand new property by you using that first floor, you now, the says you darkened the walls. Means you made it used and therefore he has a right to deduct for that. You hear the difference? His house was used before. But he bet a million dollars is not paying for his use. A million dollars you wanted to pay you for a new house. You went in and built his first floor. Brand new. It's true. Brand new million dollars. I I'll give you a million dollars if it's brand new. But now when I'm taking it from you, it's no longer brand oh, new. I'm taking it brand now it's not so therefore deduct for it. What the difference is, million dollars, it's not a million dollars anymore. You used it. That's what you have a right to do deduction according to Yehuda. So what it says like this. Says what Shani Hassam, it's different over there. Why? It says Mishum. Uh, Where's the place? Shani Hassam, Mishum Shachrisa de Ashaita. Because of the blackening of the walls, there's been blackening of the walls. Therefore, what, what time's uh, davening? Thirty. So therefore, there's the blackening of the walls. All right. Shalchur Bey Rebbe Ami. They sent this Shaila. The mamish this Shaila. Zenen Avazelo Chaser. The guy squatted one night. He pays rent usually. Can you charge him? Yes or no? They sent him the Shaila. But Amar, he said like this. He says, let's take a look. What did the squatter do to the homeowner? What loss did he cause him? What damage did he cause him? Means according to Rav, uh, Rav Ami, it's Pashid. You cannot charge him. So we don't focus on what he benefited, we focus on what you lost. If there was no loss, you cannot make him pay. Rabchia bar Abba, they sent the same child to Rabchia bar Abba, Amar, Nisyosha bedavra. He said, it needs thought. I'm not so, I don't see it black and white over here. I have to consider it, all right? Then, sometime later, they didn't get any response from him. So, they sent it a second time to Rabkhir Ba'aba and he got upset. So, Amar, how much time is he going to keep sending me the same Shaila? Continue going on. If I would have got clarification, if I would have found a reason, a way to understand how to pass me, you don't think I would have let you know? Obviously, if I haven't responded to you yet, then what? Then I haven't had so therefore so therefore if I would have found a reason, would I not have sent it? The fact is I don't have it and therefore I I, I, I can't. Alright. Now the Mora brings down that we seem to have a machlokus amaroyim in in what Rabbi Yochanan's position was concerning the Shiva. So Itman. Rav Kahana Amar Rabbi Yochanan. Kahana said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, what did he say? He said, you don't pay rent. You cannot demand rent from him if you cannot show that you've lost anything by him being there. Okay? He's in this. Now, Rabbavol Amr Rabbi Yechanan says, I disagree. I hold that you could charge rent. You have a right to charge rent. So Amr Rav Papa. So Rav Papa said like this. It would seem to be an argument in what Rabbi Yochanan says. He says, not so, so posh. He said that had Amar Baba ha love the itmar el mechlala itmar means that Rabbi Vahu 
that uh, what, what Rabbi Vo said, Rabbi Yochanan says, Rabbi Yochanan's position on this was, was not really explicitly said. Right? But Rabbi Vo said that Rabbi Yochanan holds you have to pay wasn't said explicitly. It was another statement was made that we inferred that this would be the position, and we're actually going to show that it's not a good inference. I mean, it wasn't said explicitly. It was only through implication. The Tanner of this we learned in the Mishnah. Now, again, we're going to see over here, this is a Mishnah, and we're going to get to the laws of Me'ilo. Because appropriating th- things that belong to Hegdish. The Allah goes as follows. Is that if you use something that belongs to the Beis HaMikdash, inadvertently, like Peshogit, you use it, if you deconsecrate it, right, now you make it chulin, the zalocha is A, you have to bring a korban, you have to pay back a fifth, it's a whole bunch of alochas. Now, normally, how do you deconsecrate it? What do you do to misappropriate it? There's two ways. Either you transfer domain, you sell it to another person, the act, the transaction of him taking it from you, takes it away, becomes chulin, and now you owe, you have the laws of me'ilo. Or, if, if you don't change its domain, you use it in a way that you benefited from it. You benefit from it, that itself is considered to be uh, a misappropriation as the laws of me'ilo. Now we're talking about over here, it wasn't that like a person that's mocked or something, I'm gonna give it to Beis Migdash, and it's in my window, on my windowsill and I forgot, and I went ahead and bought a hamburger with it. That's not the case. We're talking about over here that it was the, already given to the treasurer, meaning that the Gizbar, the treasurer of the Beis Migdash, he's the one who had it, and he didn't realize that the money that he has, or the item that he has, was Kaddash. He thought it was his own personal item. Now we're gonna see it makes a difference because once it's already given to him, it's already in his domain. People give it that he should have jurisdiction over it. So then since he needs jurisdiction over it, so normally a person who picks up something and say, I'm going to use this to transact. I'm making this mine. So that could be that already at that point, it's considered to be deconsecrated and there's a law of me'ilah. Not in the case of the Gizbar, because the Gizbar picking up thinking it's his is not really itself a deconsecration, because it really has already been given to him to be in his jurisdiction, unless he actually transfers it to someone else, or uses it, uh, or uses it it's not going to be an act of me'ilah. That's the point that the, the, the mission is saying. So let's see it inside. Then if you give it $100 to the Gizbar, and then he uses it, not for the base of English, but for himself, that doesn't decrop- No, that does, if he actually uses it. But the act of picking it up to use will not be problematic. Whereby somewhere else, that might be, because he's t- making it his, which belongs to the English. But here, it is his to be used as in his jurisdiction. That, that, that's the point it's making. So let's see it inside. So now, what, what, now, what, 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 what was said over here? So it's not, not till Evan, um, a, 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 we learned in the Mishnah, that if the Gizbar, the treasurer, took a stone, a brick, a Korah or a beam that belongs to the Beis HaMikdash, thinking that it was his, and he wanted to use it for personal use. The fact that he did Hagbah, that he picked it up, that itself, because it is for his use, it is in his jurisdiction, so that itself does not constitute an act of Me'ilah. But but if he actually transacted, he bartered with it, he sold it, he actually did a transaction with it, who Ma'al? He is the one who's considered to have committed the Me'ilah, because that the moment that the transaction occurs, it becomes deconsecrated, so the friend who receives it is now receiving a deconsecrated item. The one who created the deconsecration was the Gizbar, the Gizbar is the one that has violated the laws of misappropriation. 
Now, second thing. So let's say the Gizbar, thinking again, that this was his, built it into his house. He built it into the house. That itself, the fact that it's built into the house is not an act of me'ilah. Unless he stays in the house, he gets a benefit of the house for a pruta's worth. Then it's considered to be an act of me'ilah. Now, for Amar Shmuel, now Shmuel came along and said the following. He says as follows, that the only way that that's not considered to be an act of me'ilah until he actually uses it is if the person used it as a skylight. Means he used it to cover a protection of the skylight. Means he didn't change, the building it into the house did not change the uh, item itself. So therefore, the item itself can be removed. So that's not considered a physical change of the item. And therefore, the only way there's me'ilah, if he sat under the skylight and received the puta's worth, then there is me'ilah. But otherwise, because otherwise, just take and give it back. No harm, no foul, until he actually benefited from it. Now, for Amr Shmuel, now, for Yosif Rabbah Kamed Rabbi Yochanan, the Rabbah was sitting in front of Rabbi Yochanan, the Ka'amr Mishmei Shmuel. And he said over in the name of Shmuel, Zos Omeris, that Lechorah, if we see over here, you're sitting under the skylight, you benefited a pruta. Did it take away, did the Beis Amigdash lose because of it? You didn't change it. You, it's, it's, this item is exactly intact. The Beis Amigdash doesn't lose, but you benefited. That's enough to create the laws of Me'ila. That's enough to make like a transaction that now it becomes deconsecrated. So he says like this, also as the Chorah, you should see from this, that Adar V'chatzar Chavero Shalomi Daito. Our case, that if somebody goes without permission, right, without permission and stays in his neighbor's yard, Sorry, Allah have to pay payment for him. Because there's no question, by the way, if the, you asked permission and he said no, and you did it, then for sure you have to pay. Whether he uses it for rent or doesn't use it for rent. It's when he does it, we did it without permission. He didn't know you do it. Can you charge him or not? But the Chorah from here you see, because the case of the head dish, it's like using it without permission. Doesn't change the actual, but it's going to, you benefit, you have to pay for it. It's like you made a transaction, it becomes deconsecrated. You want to bring a riot from it. But Shasak Lane, Rabbi Yochan didn't respond. Now, Ebo thought the reason that Rabbi Yochan, Rabbi thought, why is not Rabbi Yochan responding? He agrees with it. He agrees with it. But sometimes when a guy doesn't bother, respond, it's because he doesn't bother responding, because he doesn't think what you said was correct. So it says, Iusavar above all thought, made a shasik, the fact he kept quiet, Maidalay, he's agreeing, for lo, uh, uh, it's agreeing to it. But Lohi, but that wasn't the case, right? But he just wasn't paying attention to him because he felt there was a name, he felt it wasn't a real comparison. Kidirabba, like Rabba said, Ta'ama Rabba, Rabba said like this, Hegdesh Shalomidas. That Hegdish, saying that Hegdish is not aware of something, there's no real case of Hegdish not aware, because who is Hegdish? Kodesh Baruch Hu. So therefore, that's always considered as if, and obviously Kodesh Baruch Hu doesn't want you to do it. So if the owner would say, I don't want you to do it, then you would have to pay. So by Hegdish, it's always considered like the owner's telling you, don't do it. So this is not a comparable to a case where the owner did not know about it. And you did it anyway. Because it's Hegyat Midas time. It's the case of Hegyat Midas. And therefore, there's no, you can't compare the two. Bottom line, what he's saying is, no compare to Me'ila. Because Me'ila is compared. If you want to compare to Me'ila, it's like the case where the, Hegyat, the owner said, don't do it, and you did it anyway. For sure, you could charge. That doesn't answer our Shiloh. Because our Shiloh is, what if the owner wasn't aware, and now can you charge him? You can't compare it to Hegdish. Because Hegdish is always considered to be 
as if it's aware, so you cannot bring a ride. Now, he thought that the fact Rabbi Yochanan didn't respond, that's why he, he formulated that's what Rabbi Yochanan holds. But Rabbi Yochanan doesn't hold it, it could be Rabbi Yochanan held like the first thought, and they would not be considered a problem. All right, we stop here? Yes. All right. All right, we try, gentlemen.